Hello, hello, and welcome back to Solidarity on the Bench. I am your host, Katie Yu, and I don't really have a plan for today's episode, which if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you know is completely unlike me. So I'm really just going to be talking about something that I've been going through recently, and hopefully you feel a little bit of solidarity on the bench of depression. I don't know why I saying that, but let's just get started. I can talk a little bit about how I've been doing recently and then answer some of your very incredible questions from the question box on my Instagram. So if you guys want to be featured, like have opinions on whatever I, I post on this podcast, please follow me on Instagram. It's at katie.eu. And I sometimes, most of the times actually just post like polls about what I'm going to be filming podcast episodes on. So you get to like put your feedback in and I love having this back and forth dialogue with you guys. So without further ado, let's get started. Um, for some context, I kind of like this. I want to keep this like as a segment in my <laughs> episodes, but let me set the scene for you. I have a Starbucks drink. Is there anything better than the sound of ice, like iced matcha? It is currently raining outside, which it was kind of raining a lot in February and that was not very pleasant for me and my mental health, but I was talking to my therapist and she was like, yeah, everyone's kind of reverted back into seasonal depression, especially in California because of this rain and this weather. So I'm not alone in that, but yeah, February was a really, really tough month for me and I feel like I'm still kind of clawing my way back out of this slump it's really hard to get back into your routine once you've been off of it so long and i feel like i was in a four to five week really bad mental health like slump is what i like to call it i was in my slump era so i was really having trouble getting out of bed in the mornings and self-motivating i found it really hard to go to the gym and mentally not motivated to do things at all, I would start skipping classes. Sorry, parents, if you're listening to this, but if I didn't have to go to class, I wouldn't go to class, and I was still getting all of my work done, and everything was kind of being done at like a 40-50% level, but I was really mentally struggling with just completing daily tasks and being a regular human being, so it was really tough on me not only because it was a slump but because it made me feel like i was 14 and helpless again and that's never a feeling that i want to revisit and it was so frustrating because i felt like i had no control over my emotions and that bad things were just happening and happening and happening and it was like when it rains it pours and i couldn't really pinpoint any of my emotions on a singular event like i could for my entire childhood and that was just again, really frustrating for me because I felt like there was nothing I could do to stop this. There was nothing I could do to pull myself out of this slump. But as I'm reminded by my therapist and by the people around me, like when you go through trials, especially this late in the recovery game, I've been on this journey almost three years, um, three years and nine months, no, two years and nine months. So pretty much almost three years. And it feels tough because you think that you're kind of over feeling like this you feel like you've done so much work that these bouts of depression the bouts of anxiety you know the coping mechanisms and you get really frustrated when none of the coping mechanisms are working or that's at least how i felt so i don't want to generalize but i was really frustrated because i felt like i had never had to experience 
these long periods of anxiety and depression before like this um, at this level once I started my recovery journey and so it just felt really discouraging for me to kind of revert, revert back but I'm reminded that the way that I approached getting out of this slump and the way that I talked to myself and all of the coping mechanisms I used were things that I didn't have when I was you know 14 or 15 and I was already experiencing feelings like this I handled it so much better and so I'm reminded that like even though the feelings are the same you can't ever really go back in your recovery journey you're always moving forward whether or not it feels like that in the moment and I think I posted a TikTok about this so so long ago but it was like when you're at step 15 and it feels like you're back at step one know that you're still at step 15 like you can feel all the same things but you have so much more knowledge so much more experience that even though it feels the same you're definitely not at the same place and so i was really scared that i had slid all the way back but i reminded myself that it's actually just completely impossible to slide all the way back because i have so much education and knowledge on how to help myself now so me by me doing the same coping mechanisms i feel like it was kind of good that i did not feel great for a prolonged period of time because it showed me just how far i had really come like yes i love having good days like who doesn't want to have good days but sometimes we need the bad days to remind ourselves life is going to throw us the same trials and it's going to wait for us to respond differently before it kind of levels us up and like moves us on and says, okay, she's not going to respond like that anymore. So I think this is the same with my depression. Like, again, I love the idea of gamification and I love the idea of just like making my whole life a game. Like that's like what the main character energy really means to me. It's not necessarily like you're the main character of a movie, but it's like you can just hack your life and hack your brain by pretending that like you can, I don't know, <laughs> you can like complete side quests and whatever. So I just remind myself that when I was going through this, that it feels like I was back in square one, but I really couldn't be because I have so much knowledge that just can't vanish overnight. And also the fact that life is going to throw me the same challenges and see how I respond to it this time. So the fact that I responded to it differently this time means that I am growing as a person and as a person in recovery. And that was pretty cool. Obviously, like, I wish I didn't have to go through that, but it was also a really nice reminder that, you know, I can move forward and that I am still recovering and healing and that recovery is not linear in the sense that you're never going to feel better and better and better and you're never going to have bad days when you start recovery like you are but the way that you respond to them is going to grow stronger and stronger until you learn your own coping mechanisms so i thought that was pretty cool i'm going to kind of transition into some of the questions that you guys had about this period of my life and specifically how i got out of it so the number one question that i got was what are your coping mechanisms for when you're feeling really down and honestly, it really is just going back to the basics. It's making sure you're getting enough sleep, you're eating nutritious food, you're drinking water, you're exercising, and you're hanging out with friends. And for me, the last part is really key because a symptom of my depression is not wanting to get out of bed and wanting to isolate myself really bad. So I have to set plans. And something about me too is like, I hate being late to things and I hate canceling on people, especially like day of, and especially if it's because I'm feeling bad mentally. So I'll let them know and I'll text them being like, hey, you know, I have less energy today, but I still really want to see you. Like, are we still on for today? 
and really just getting myself out of my room in whatever capacity that is and hanging out with people who I feel like I don't have to use emotional battery with or will understand how I'm feeling at the moment and not press me and not expect something different of me like that is super key for me so those are my big coping mechanisms it's like doing the things that you really don't want to do to get out of that slump and I kind of talked about that in one of my last podcast episodes but it is really important for me just to like really force myself to take charge and get out of bed and go see friends and make sure that I'm still completing my life. Like I don't want my life to be put on pause because of my mental health. Yes, obviously it's going to, you know, change my quality of life and how I can show up in places and spaces, but I always want to work in harmony with how I'm feeling and not let my mental health overtake my entire life. So what's really important for me is to keep these weekly plans that I have with my friends or keep the plans that I have with my friends because I want to make sure that I have motivation and I have like motivation to get out of bed and then also I have like a life to go live like just because I'm feeling really terrible and obviously this is something that has worked for me and this is not should not be taken as advice if this doesn't resonate with you but like what I really like to do is just remind myself that I don't want my mental health to take over my life and I don't want it to be the reason why I'm continuously unhappy and I'm canceling plans and so even if I don't feel like it in the moment, I'll force myself to go hang out with people and nine times out of ten, I actually feel a lot better because of it. The second question that I got was, what is a healthy amount of time for a break or mental health day? And I think that this is a really interesting one. It definitely depends on how bad your mental health is at the time, how much like you've done in recovery and stuff. So I can only really speak from my own experience because again, it's such a personalized question. But for me, if it's a really bad day, then I'll give myself permission to, I mean, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but I'm going to give myself permission to cancel the plans that I have that day and really take care of myself. Because if I'm having a really bad day, all I want to do is be alone and I need to honor those feelings instead of trying to push myself to do things that are not going to benefit my mental health. And so whether that be taking the day to go to the gym, read a book, do something really nice for myself, you know, go get coffee and treat myself really nicely, that's like what what I'll do and if I ha- if I'm having a really bad day. But that being said, I'm not canceling my plans just to sit around in bed all day. I'm honoring my feelings, I'm working through them and I'm honoring them by canceling my plans and knowing that I don't have the emotional energy to hang out with my friends. However, I'm not going to let myself sit and waste the day by being sad and laying in my bed and doing all of those things like there are times where laying in your bed for a long period of time is beneficial but for me like I don't like doing it all day because it makes me feel terrible about myself so I'm going to cancel them make sure I'm alone and really take the day to bounce back but I'm really only going to try to make it a one day thing okay matcha break (laughs) this is like ASMR (laughs) but as I said In February, I was kind of having a prolonged experience of bad mental health days where I felt like I couldn't get out of my bed for multiple days, multiple weeks in a row. And that's when I feel like I need to alert the medical professionals that I have in my life, which is my therapist, and also alert my support system, which is my family and my friends, about how I'm feeling and tell them how to help me best. And so as I mentioned before, some of my coping mechanisms is hanging out with friends, but doing it very low-key, like on a definitely smaller scale. So 
that's what I had to do a lot in February and be like, sorry, I don't want to cancel, you know, this really big plan that we have and I do want to hang out with you. However, I don't have the emotional capacity to do what we had originally planned. Can we still hang out but do something a little bit more low-key? So really just, it depends. I think I have definitely have two approaches to the question of the healthy amount of time. But again, like healthy is very subjective. It is very personalized. I would definitely talk to your therapist and figure out what works for you. I'm just wanted to share my own experience with how I was dealing with my mental health. Ooh, I like this question. So the next question is, how do you treat yourself when you're physically ill and does it differ for when you're mentally ill? So absolutely, I think that there's this notion that mental illness is and should be taken as seriously as physical illness. And so I read somewhere that it, if you're having a really bad mental health day, and again, it's like an isolated incident, then treat yourself like you're sick in the sense that you're going to have a lot of bed rest, you're going to make sure you're eating enough food, and you're going to do things that are low energy like watching TV or reading a book and making sure that you get back to your baseline. But again, this is very dependent on what your emotional triggers are and what your coping skills are. So for me, that doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense because I isolate myself a lot when I'm not feeling well. And so isolating myself to make sure that I'm doing okay like and acting like I'm physically ill works only to a certain extent but when I'm physically ill obviously I'm just sleeping a lot drinking a lot of water taking medication all of those things and that is the same to when I feel mentally ill it's like I just kind of go back to the basics and make sure that I feel 100% physically and mentally and I think that it's really hard to know what you need mentally, but it's really easy to get yourself back to a baseline physically. So if you haven't felt motivated to do basic hygiene tasks, make sure you get those done. Like if you really need to wash your sheets, take the day and wash your sheets, you know, really wash your face, really wash your body, take a shower, like whatever it is to get your physical sense back to a baseline and then work on your mental health afterwards and I feel like that is really helpful for me because I don't feel motivated to get myself in order mentally if I'm physically not feeling okay so I work on my physical health and then my mental health if I'm having a really bad mental health day oh I love this question someone asked what is an activity that makes you feel so much better every time you do it I think one of my biggest self-care activities is painting my nails for some reason, I really love doing it. I learned how to paint my nails over the pandemic and I was always super daunted by it because I felt like my left hand had no like motor skills and no precision for painting my, you know, my nails, but I practiced and now I love doing it because I will put on a couple of YouTube videos to just chill out just mentally chill out and then I'll paint my nails. I usually also do that when I'm waiting for my laundry. So it's like this whole like self-care thing where not only am I getting clean clothes, but I also get to like really cut my cuticles and like paint my nails, put on a, you know, really just like pour back into myself physically. So that's something that I love doing every time. And I feel like I use painting my nails as a mental health activity that one's great 
The other things that I love doing is reading, especially if it's a really good book. And lately I've been reminding myself that I don't have to read super quote unquote intellectual books because reading is reading. And whether or not it's a trashy romance book or it's literally the Bible, like it's still a word on a page, you know, and whatever it is, however you want to motivate yourself to read for fun should be honored and should be taken seriously. So I read a lot of mixes of contemporary fiction. Sometimes I read romance, sometimes I read self-help. And recently I've been dabbling a lot into memoirs, but I'm finding those really hard to kind of keep myself motivated to read because they're not like fun fantasies that I can escape into. It's very much rooted in real life. So I remind myself that if I just want to read a trashy romance book where the entire plot is just will he, won't he, that is completely fine. And so reading is a huge thing for me as well. I don't really talk about it as much on my Instagram, but reading is a huge part of my life. And I actually have my Goodreads linked in, um, I'll link it down below and also it's linked in my bio. So reading is a huge thing. Someone asked for tips on opening up and talking about these kinds of problems with friends. I did talk about this uh, previously where I said that if it's like a prolonged period of mental health, like bad days, I open up to my support system about it. And so it can be as simple as saying, hey guys, I'm feeling a little bit low energy right now. Like, can we do this or that? And this comes with learning the language and learning emotional intelligence behind what you're feeling and being able to name your emotions and being able to name what you're feeling um, and what you need to feel better because a lot of the times i've noticed that some of my friends find it really hard when i say hey i'm not feeling well because they're like let me know what you need like how can i help and best support you and so i find it really helpful if you want to like take a second and really go deep and ask yourself like if you're feeling terribly what actually makes you feel better and how would you like to be supported by your community and it goes back to love languages like a lot of my friends love languages is acts of service and so they ask you know if they could grab me a coffee or if they could come help me do something um, or if they can you know hang out with me for a meal that's kind of like quality time but however they like to show love they ask if they can do that for me and i find that really helpful as well a lot of my friends also know that i have a really bad problem isolating when i have really bad mental health days and so they'll say you know i'm doing work at this location do you want to come join me or you're always free to come hang out and just sit in my room and hang and i really love that because it is a very chill way to make sure that i feel supported while not putting too much pressure on them and on me to say yes but i think that that came with a lot of back and forth and a lot of like not necessarily conversations where we sat down and made sure that we talked about these types of things but just like experiences and stuff and so a really good way to make sure that when you're talking to your people about how you're feeling is to give them ways to support you because otherwise they feel really helpless and if you don't know what that looks like think back to the five like <laughs> think back to the five love languages which is acts of service quality time physical touch gift giving and words of affirmation and so however they like to show love you can suggest things that you know align with that love language or you can suggest things that align with your top couple of love languages because that's how you receive love and that's how you see that so for me again my top love languages are acts of service and quality time and so my friends suggest 
coping mechanisms or like things to do that revolve around acts of service or quality time. But in terms of approaching the actual conversation, it doesn't have to be anything super scary. You don't have to go into why you're feeling a certain way and you don't ever have to justify your feelings, but you can just shoot them a text and say, hey, I've been feeling really down recently. You know, I just wanted to let you know that like if we hang out, I'm going to be a little bit more low energy. And then they'll probably be like, how can I help you? And that's when the coping mechanisms and the support and love languages comes in. But it could be as like as easy as that. Or you can really be like, hey, I've been feeling really down recently. Do you have time to talk? I would love to talk to you about it. And it could be like they, they then kind of know exactly why you're feeling terribly. It really is like whatever your relationship looks like with them, how deep or how not shallow, but how much information you want to share with why you're feeling a certain way. But I would definitely suggest suggesting coping mechanisms or letting them know ahead of time, even like before you're feeling terrible, what your love languages are so that they could suggest coping mechanisms that align with both of your giving and receiving love languages. And then along the same lines, someone asked, what do you say to a friend who is stuck in a rut? And I think, again, going back to knowing their love languages, how they receive love or how they see like you giving them love. And a lot of this ties back to their relationship with their parents. Um, but I think that a very common love language is quality time. And so just making sure that you're there in whatever capacity that they need to have you. Or for me, I find it really hard to kind of eat meals alone, especially here at college, like on the dining hall plan, because I just see so many people I know. And so suggesting that you grab a meal or like suggesting you do daily activities that they would already have to do and potentially might be doing alone because they're not feeling well. So grabbing a meal is a perfect one. Grabbing a coffee um, or really just, I don't know, walking to class, going for a walk, all of these like super chill, non-committal things that they probably already have to do in their daily life. Just suggesting that you do that together has really helped me. And I really love it when my friends actually ask me to do those things, especially when I'm not feeling okay. So definitely that's the perfect thing. And if they do want to share and talk out why they're not feeling super well, then being a listening ear for them in whatever capacity that looks like for your friendship, either offering advice, offering help, or just being, just listening to them, whatever that looks like would be a big help. And finally, yeah, just like checking in, making sure that they're feeling okay. I love it when my friends are like, hey, you know, I just wanted to check in on you. I've been thinking about you recently. How are you doing? Like what's on your mind? Any of those really non-committal kind of texts and check-ins so that they know that you're there and you don't have to overdo them. You don't have to send them every day, every morning, but every couple of days, especially if you notice that they're not doing so great, just being like, would it be okay if I check in with you, you know, throughout the day? Is that, you know, is that too much for you? I just want to make sure that you're doing okay, but I don't want to be overbearing. So really talking that out and communicating how you're feeling, especially as a friend. But I think the number one thing you shouldn't say is how they, like how their feelings are affecting you. And this has happened a lot where people are like, your mental health is really affecting me. And, you know, while that may be true, I think that something that is super common with depression and anxiety is not wanting to feel like a burden. And so offering help and support in whatever way that makes them feel as little like a burden as possible is the best thing that you could do. Like if they really need something and you're like, hey, I'm 
actually running to Target, could I pick up that thing that you've been talking about needing to go grab? Like, is that okay with you? Like, just send me whatever you need and I can drop it off at your dorm. Whatever that looks like is just really making sure that they understand that they're not being a burden for asking for help and also that you are always available to talk and be a listening ear or support in whatever capacity that looks like. My time limit went off, which is a really fun fact about me actually. I have a time limit on all of my social media apps. Um, I never use it, but it is a good reminder for me and it it adds an extra step in whenever I want to go on Instagram. But anyways, that just came out because my time limit went off. I have two more questions and then I'm going to kind of round out this episode, but the second to last question is how long can you actually give yourself before getting out of the rut? And again, I feel like this is a very personalized question as a lot of these are, so I'll only answer from my from my experience and I am not a mental health professional. Do not take this as advice. This is not professional licensed advice. All of the disclaimers, this is just my own This is just my own experiences that I wanted to share and really talk about more because I feel like these are conversations that people don't ever talk about and publicize online because they're so shameful. So again, none of this should be taken as medical advice. But for me personally, I think that one day is my maximum of like, okay, you can have a day and you can feel terrible and crappy this entire day and you can use this day to complain to whoever you want to. And then after that one day, you gotta kick it into action. I've been doing this for almost three years now. I've been going to therapy since I was 17. I'm about to turn 23. And I just have a lot of experience in mental health and also like my own personality doesn't let me kind of sit and take rest. So that's something that I'm working on is taking guilt-free rest, but I'm really incorporating that in, in other ways. But for me, I think that one day is enough for me to feel like I took that rest without guilt and also feel like I am still getting my stuff done. So one day is my answer for myself, but people may need more or less time depending on how severe it is and how much help that you've gotten and what your coping mechanisms are, etc, etc. And the last question I'm going to answer in this episode is someone who asked, why do I find comfort in the melancholy of a rut sometimes? And Honestly, I think the final answer is truly just that it's familiar. And what makes recovery as a whole so uncomfortable is because you're put in these situations that are completely unfamiliar. Like you are forcing yourself to do things that you might not want to do in the moment, but you know is good for you overall. Like that's kind of what exercise is. You never really want to do it, but you know that once you finish the exercise, you're going to feel so much better. And so that's a lot of what recovery looks like for me. It's just doing things that I know is going to make me feel good, but it's hard because you don't want to do those things because there's a lot of discomfort in actually getting yourself to do the things and having that like inertia. I don't know. I was not really a physics person, but inertia sounds about right to what I'm trying to think. Like there is a lot of friction to trying to start to do something, especially if you don't want to do it and you're not motivated to do it at all. So it makes a lot of sense that you find a lot of comfort in being in a rut. And I think that for me, especially last month, I found so much comfort in being sad because it was a feeling and experience that I had had for so long of my life. And it was just comforting. And I think that I got so shocked by the feeling of comfort 
and I was a little bit worried that I was feeling so comfortable in not feeling okay that I would continue to sleep slip and not feel okay but I know that ultimately what makes me feel better than being in a rut is actually getting to live my life and so just remembering that it's only comfortable because that's all you know so far and the whole thing about healing and recovery is being uncomfortable is just because you've never done it and i think that new experiences are always going to bring up some feeling of anxiety and some feeling of discomfort and that's why we really push against them it's because there is that friction in getting started and it is uncomfortable so it makes a lot of sense and i think that yeah that's my final answer in and all of that, but oh, I just need to stretch and put my phone down. And I feel like um, this episode has been a little bit echoey because I'm actually filming in a blank room. Like there is nothing in this room to kind of dampen the noise. So if the audio has been a little bit strange, I'm so sorry. That's why my fridge was just being really loud in my own room. So I had to kind of move locations, but Hopefully this echoey audio will not be a thing um, in future episodes. But anyways, I hope that you took something away from this episode. I hope it wasn't too much of a downer. Thank you so much again for supporting me. It is kind of crazy that I feel like I can just openly talk about not feeling okay and be met with such incredible support. So all of this, I swear, has to do with you guys. Like every single one of you, everyone who's listening, anyone who has ever come across my content and felt you know, solidarity and solace in what I was posting. Like, I see you, I hear you. Thank you so much for supporting me and listening to me talk about my mental health. Like, it is the craziest thing to be able to do and be so well received on the internet. So, as always, I just hit myself, my matcha. As always, um, you can find me elsewhere on the internet. Again, I have a newsletter that is called the 111 newsletter and it comes out every Tuesday, just like this podcast. Obviously, I have the podcast, but you know that because you're listening. And I have my Instagram that I mentioned previously. I have my, I'll have my Goodreads linked down below, Spotify, Pinterest, whatever you want. It'll all be linked down below in my beacons. So yeah, I love you guys so much. I hope you feel a little bit more solidarity in just listening to someone talk about their mental health experiences. Like, I don't know, I've never had an outlet like this before and I've also never really seen content like this online. So this is kind of crazy to me that I just am able to do this and yeah, that you guys are listening and supporting and thank you so much. I don't even, I don't even know what to say, but thank you guys again. And I hope you feel some solidarity on this bench of life and depression and being in your slump era. And I will see you in other corners of the internet or back on this podcast uh, next week on Tuesday. So lots of love. All right. Have a good one. Bye.